Hi, you're listening to Talking Your Way to Change, and this is Dr. Banker, your host. I wanted to give listeners another heads up that I will be moving my release episodes based on monthly interviews and bonus episodes related to that topic area as time permits. For instance, I'll be interviewing Chris Anderson, an expert in the area of chemical dependency and mental health for the month of June, and another expert in the area of dialectical and behavioral therapy in the month of July. Historically, during the pandemic, I have released episodes weekly as that fit well with my working from home schedule and radically decreased social obligations. Now, I just want to inform you that I have very little limited time to devote to making the podcast operate successfully on a weekly basis. I have loved the hours of blood, sweat, and tears that I poured into this creative and educational endeavor, and I would love to devote some time to it, but it cannot replace my clinical work with clients now that I'm seeing people back in the office, parenting, family life, social, and personal time. So to recap, I will release one episode a month, preferably an interview, and if time, supplement some episodes around the topic of those interviews. Okay, until next time, this is Dr. Banker. Hi, you're listening to Talking Your Way to Change, and this is Dr. Banker, your host. If you or a loved one has suffered or is suffering from an addiction, it's likely that the subject of a 12-step program has surfaced. And I thought it might be helpful to provide a brief summary of the 12 steps over multiple episodes. Today's episode is about Alcoholics Anonymous and step number one of the 12 steps program. AA had its origins in 1935 in Akron, Ohio, as the outcome of a meeting between a man named Bill W., a New York stockbroker, and Dr. Bob S., an Akron surgeon, who were both struggling with alcoholism. Approximately 93% of the treatment centers today use AA concepts. I have previously released two episodes on alcohol and addiction, episode number 42 and episode number 43. Today's episode and those prior are all in preparation for my interview with Chris Anderson, but can certainly stand alone as informative and hopefully motivating. People often have mixed feelings about Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12-step program. Some bristle at being labeled an alcoholic, and the construct of this label feels oppressive to them, or the idea of needing a higher power is off-putting to the atheist or the notion of being in a group with a bunch of people that this individual believes only has one thing in common, that is alcohol addiction. By the way, having this alcohol addiction tends to have a very common thread that permeates these individuals' lives in similar ways despite individual factors of uniqueness. Frequently, as humans, we compare ourselves to others and decide that we're either better than or less than. Step one of the 12-step recovery program is that one is powerless over alcohol and that the person who is powerless over alcohol has a life that has become unmanageable. This step often only comes after an individual has had numerous attempts to control the disease 
themselves. The subtle and insidious components of alcoholism is the degree to which a person who is addicted pursues with what I call relentless hope that they will eventually be able to control their use. That they're appreciative of the knowledge of recovery programs and treatment centers and loved ones, but are determined and confident enough in their denial that they will prove this to the gates of insanity or death. Step one is about developing an awareness of how alcohol is influencing our lives. Awareness is the opposite of denial. That whatever addiction is that we have, we are lost to, we are lost to the ability to consistently choose whether or not to engage in the behavior or not. Note that I said consistently, as oftentimes people can white knuckle it and struggle through and sustain the behavior for a time period as an attempt to control the behavior, but find themselves back using again at an uncontrollable rate. Admitting that you cannot control a certain behavior is not giving away your power. Paradoxically, it is actually arming yourself with the resources needed to manage your life. This is about choosing your battles and knowing the difference between what you can and cannot control. Here are some signs that your life has become unmanageable from Stephanie S. Coven's book, A Woman's Way Through the 12 Steps. She lists, I can micromanage my life to avoid feeling empty, anxious, or worthless. Two, I start the day committed not to drink, but by midday, I've lost track of how much I've had to drink, or I've lost track of how much time I've spent thinking about my next drink. I'm embarrassed myself in public. I've lost my relationship with X. I've lost X. My feelings are in an uproar much of the time. I'm numb most of the time. I live in fear that my carefully constructed world will fall apart. And then she just has a fill in the blank with others. As a clinician, I think AA is an invaluable resource, but suffer no illusions that it is psychotherapy or capable of treating mental illness or trauma or relational dynamics. But in terms of having an organized recovery support system available to people over the course of their lifespan, and at this point free, is essentially treating an illness that is susceptible to relapse in all stages of recovery. And I will leave a citation for a meta-analysis in terms of what the research has proven about the 12 steps. But back to me as a clinician, the things I like about AA, one, it provides support from peers and fellowship with other addicts. And in this support, it is a built-in reality check to the phenomena of forgetting that accompany addiction. It reminds the members, oh yes, that they too once tried to control their use and their lives became unmanageable and they were powerless to stop. Number two, Attending AA is free, and one can find a meeting in every city on every day of the week. Three, by attending AA, you learn how others are applying the principles in their own lives. You can get guidance in how others are changing destructive behaviors and thought patterns. Four, you are acknowledging that there is a spiritual component to our lives as a human being. And number five, you are creating a new life-improving experience 
by being with others and thus developing new neural pathways in your brain. Okay, I'm going to go ahead now and list the 12 steps of AAA. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Number seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people, whether possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrongly, promptly, and admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power that carry to and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Okay, just some background on the 12-step program, not endorsing it um, over any other program, but I am endorsing it as an effective strategy and resource available to everyone. Okay, until next time, this is Dr. Banker.